Welcome to episode 24 of the Seas Show. Man, it's it's been a while. You know, I haven't been on here in a while, but uh, you know, I'm back. I'm I'm right back at it. Um, thank you guys for you know being patient. This is going to be a great episode. Uh, you know, what I always like to do is just recap people on my last episode. So on episode 23 of the Caesar Show, um, you know, which is out on iTunes and SoundCloud, just in case you missed it, produced by Russ Neek, of course. I had a special guest, um, my boy JC, who's a writer for Mo Boombox. You know, we sat down, you know, to discuss a lot of topics. You know, ranges from D. Rose's future because you guys know he was, you know, debating whether or not he wanted to come back to the uh, back into the NBA. But, you know, I knew he was going to come back. So great for him. You know, just stars, you know, from all around the league just getting ejected from nowhere. Uh, you know, this, these refs seem like they just been cheese lately. Um, you know, back from Blake Griffin's injury. He like, you know, sprained his MCL. He's back. We're going to get into that. Uh, Tony Parker's return. You know, he's looking great. Uh, the Cavs' crazy win streak is going up and down right now. We're going to get into that. Uh, LeBron Stellar season and just so much more. Um, but uh, you guys, you guys are in for a, a great episode for episode twenty-four. Um, you know, I got a lot of topics to talk about, you know, since it's been a while, but, you know, I got a special guest going to, you know, that's going to be on the show. Uh, it's actually my cousin Purvis Ladder um, and Purvis Ladder. He's a he's a guard for Air Force Falcons. If you guys don't know where that is, it's located in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Um, you know, he plays college basketball there. So it's always dope having, you know, someone who knows a little bit more about the game. You know, I like hearing, you know, other players perspective on the game itself because it's just adds a new light to it so without further ado ladies and gentlemen welcome Purvis Louder what's going on C? what's good what's good be? what's good man how you been I haven't talked to you in a while man yeah man it's been a minute you know I've been real busy you know in the season right now about to start our second semester of school you know junior year I mean it's been pretty been pretty busy but you know it's been pretty fun too. Where, where? How's the weather out there? Uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of the cold. <laughs> it's pretty cold right now. It's not snowing. Usually, you get a lot of snow around this time, but no, we haven't seen any snow. But it, it is cold outside. Yeah, it's just crazy how how time flies by so fast. I remember when we were like. Because were we two years apart, right? I remember when we were like eight and six years old. We wanted to be WWF wrestlers, always like <laughs> running around the place being Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy. Now it's just crazy how our past just changed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. You know, I always reflect on those, those younger days, man. Life was a lot easier, you know. I would have never thought I'd be be here in this moment. And, of course, you know, your, your path too, you know. But, you know, everything is going pretty good, and, no, that's the way. Yeah, life is. for sure, for sure. Nowhere but up, man. But you know, I have a few questions for you. Just, just tell the world about, uh, you know, you playing for, you know, Air Force Falcons. How that is? 
Um, you know, it's been a it's been a roller coaster. Uh, I'm sure any basketball player would tell you that. Um, and it's like that in the NBA as well, of course. But you know, college basketball, uh, you know, it's a long season. About six months. You know, we start start around August. You know, with workouts, lifting, and then we start actual practice. Uh, October and we're going from October to, to March um, and hopefully we keep winning we, we keep playing but um, you know it's a long season uh, we play in the Mountain West Conference which is a pretty pretty tough conference you know we play UNLV San Diego State Boise State um, a bunch of good teams so it's some pretty good competition as well okay okay and, and what was the main difference or main transition uh, you know playing high school basketball uh, going into college? Um, I would say, you know, being playing in high school, you know, I didn't have, uh, I guess you would say, I, I didn't really pay attention to, like, the details. Mm-hmm. Um, once you get to college, you know, like, every little thing matters. Um, you know, yeah. on every possession, they're, they're analyzing every single player's movement, what their tendencies are, you know. We didn't really do scouting reports when we were in high school. We knew who the best player was, and that was about it. But, you know, when when you get to college, you know, you get a scouting report, you got to know each player, about eight or nine players, their, their whole rotation. You know, you got to know them like the back of your hand, you know. You mm-hmm. just really got to know your personnel, what to do, you know, on certain situations, ball screen coverage and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy, man. Uh, definitely going to, you know, tune into your next, uh, you know, game. And you said I can go on the website to watch it, right? What, what, how, how do I access this or how, how do my audience access this? Yeah, so um, we you can just go to like goairforcefalcons.com and then you just go to, to basketball, men's basketball, go to our mm-hmm. schedule. And uh, usually it'll, it'll, it'll tell you like right next to, to our game. Um, if we're playing on TV, sometimes we're playing on ESPN3, ESPNU, um, or CBS Sports Network. And right. if it's not on TV, then they might have a link there to to where you can click and you can watch it online, too. Okay, okay, okay. Cool, 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 cool. Um, another thing is I noticed that I guess you guys live like towards the mountains, so like the altitude is a little differently. Uh, how was that? Um, you know, when I first got here, well, <laughs> actually, before I got here, you know, I tried to prepare for it. <laughs> you know, I tried to run myself every day. Um, you know, I didn't really help that much. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's pretty it's pretty tough to adjust to it. Um, there's literally just no oxygen here. But it took a took a while, maybe about a week, week or two um, for some for other people. It takes a, a longer time, but, you know, we kind of use that to our advantage for teams that usually play on sea level and they come here and they, they get, get tired pretty quick. Yeah, I was about to say that. You guys better have a great home record if all these teams coming here, you know, got that little extra punch to give them. Oh, yeah. But that's what's up that's what's up and, and and you know for my my audience that doesn't know uh purvis is from raleigh north carolina um and he actually knows david west just talk about how you guys met in that relationship with you guys i'm pretty sure you went to uh, a go state warriors game yeah, Denver, I, right? I went to a to one of his games uh, i think it was like last month or maybe it was november yeah maybe it was november mm-hmm. 
But uh, yeah, so me and David. So David, he's a uh, he's in charge of a. Uh, he was my coach for uh, Garner Road Bulldogs, uh, based in North Carolina, uh-huh. right North Carolina. He was my AAU coach. Uh, met him when I was about fourteen, and you know we used to work out over the summer. Um, you know he used to actually annoy me to come to the gym to work out. <laughs> You know, um, that's crazy. You know, where he used to call me, hit me up all the time. You know, and we we didn't only just talk about basketball too. We just talked about just life in general and being in college and stuff like that. Um, he's been like a really really good mentor to me like the past five six years, seven years maybe. <laughs> I don't know, but mm-hmm. you know, he's really helped me out, and we always keep in touch. Um, he keeps in touch with all of his players that he's he's coached um and it's crazy now we were just talking about it when i just saw him you know some of the kids that he was coaching against he's playing against them now in the nba and some of them are his teammates <laughs> now you know it's, it's crazy really? it's crazy how he that, that happened which player uh, players so Kayvon looney um for the for the warriors so we played we played against him in vegas coach mm-hmm. west was our coach um they, their team actually beat us you know they're they were comparing him to Kevin Durant back then. Uh, he was really, really good. Um, but, you know, he's still mm-hmm. developing in the league, but you know now that's his teammate. <laughs> it's crazy to think that. That's crazy. Yeah, man. It's <laughs> wild. That's what's up, though. That's what's up, though, man. Got to keep that relationship strong, man. Who knows? Maybe after he retires, you know, he's going to try to get a job in management or whatever. And hopefully he can bless you. That would be kind of yeah, cool. Man, that'll, that's the dream right there. Hopefully getting a job. You know, working in the front office somewhere. Hey, hey anything is possible if you put your mind to it. Just got to have that right mindset. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> but anyways, let's get into today's hot topics. Let's see where, where do we want to start at first. Uh, let's let's just take a step back to Christmas, which was about a week ago. Um, and one of the key games was the Warriors versus the Cavaliers, the most anticipated game. Obviously, Isaiah wasn't back yet, and and Curry was, you know, trying to, you know, gain some health recovery back from his ankle injury. Uh, but it was two, you know, of the best of the best going at it. LeBron James and 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 and, and you know Kevin Durant. It was it was a pretty damn good game. You know, LeBron shot kind of bad. You know, seven of eighteen from the field, but still finished with twenty points, uh, six assists, and six rebounds. And then you had KD on the other hand, who just looked like he kind of outplayed him. Um, 25, 7, and 3 assists and had 5 blocks. Um, what that game told me was nothing <laughs> for for one reason. It's the regular season. Um, you know, obviously it's entertaining you and gives the fans what you want. But what I've learned these last couple of years is it's the regular season and it's not going to matter until the playoffs happen. But it does give you a slight indication of what to expect. And one thing I learned from that game is... You know, obviously the two all-star point guards are out, um, but it looked like Cleveland, when they really want to play, they can play great defense. Um, they only held the Warriors to 99 points, which is, I think, the lowest the Warriors have scored uh, in this whole entire season. Um, but, you know, the Warriors just have a great system at hand, and, you know, it just makes it just makes things interesting. Um because this time around, you know, when they play each other, everyone's going to be at full strength. So we're really going to see, uh, you know, what, what they're going to be talking about. Um, but, 
you know, moving on from that, uh, one thing that a lot of people started talking about after that was, yo, these refs are not giving LeBron James these, you know, foul calls. Um, and I remember he just stressed his, you know, anger towards the refs to the media, just saying, like, it's just crazy how he can, you know, go to the ref and be like, yo, ref, like, did you see that? And the ref just goes like, no, I didn't see it. And then after, you know, that two minute report comes out and it says, oh, the refs actually messed up and there was a foul call. So it's just crazy how they can be so biased towards someone. You know, obviously, if you're a superstar in the league, you're going to get those superstar calls. But when you're clearly getting smacked and the whole world sees it, like you got to do something about that. How do you feel about the whole officiating? And do you think LeBron James gets officiated? Uh, oh, no. We see it all the time, you know, superstars, not just superstars, but just the league in general. You know, a lot of players complain about the refs. Um, but, you know, LeBron James, I feel, you know, it's you can look at it from both ways. Um, you know, LeBron, he's obviously a, a big individual, you know, 6'8", ain't no telling how much he weighs. And I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people, you know, are, you know, they confuse that. You know, just because he's big, you know, doesn't mean he doesn't get fouled, you know. He's probably one of the best finishers in the yeah. league going to the basket. Um, and people have a hard time guarding him. So, of course, they're going to foul him. And, you know, uh, the refs, you know, I know they try their best sometimes. But, you know, especially in those clutch moments, they really got to be on point. Um, you know, there was there was a debate whether that was a foul in, like, the last couple of minutes, uh, KD – uh, KD on LeBron when LeBron drove and uh, they didn't call a foul um, but you know it looked like a foul uh, but you know that's the time when the refs I think need to really be on point you know because that right there you know those final moments in the game can determine who wins or not that's true that's true um, with that being said you know there's a lot of there's a lot of things being talked about with refs in general but there was one idea and they said that you should be able to review if there if it, if it was a foul call or um, not what is your stance on you that no i i think, think it, it takes does away from the take game? away from the game a little bit you know um you know everyone's been playing this game this game has been around for a long long time you know and they're they're adding a bunch of bunch of rules to it um I think it's kind of watering it down a little bit. Um, you know, refs, the refs, you know, they're out there doing the, the best they can. You know, they're going to miss some calls sometimes, you know. Um, you know, so I don't I don't know. Like, it might be a good idea. You know, I, I know they review if it was out of bounds or not, you know, who touched it last. So I don't know how would they do that. Maybe they can, you know, do like a test run maybe in like the, the summer league and see how it goes. But, uh, you know, I, from right now, what I'm thinking, you know, I don't think it's a, it's a good idea. Okay, okay, cool. Um, going into the next topic, KD versus Braun. Now, if you put a side-by-side -side comparison with the two, uh, for, at least for this season, they're virtually, you know, essentially the same, but not – they're, they're around the same. Uh, so if you had a side-by-side -side comparison, LeBron's averaging 28 points, nine assists, eight rebounds, and basically two steals. And you got Katie on the other side who's averaging 26 points, seven rebounds, five assists, and 2.2 .2 blocks. Um, a lot of people are saying that, 
KD may have eclipsed LeBron James. Um, what is your whole thought on that? Well, um, I don't know what they're saying right now. LeBron is still playing at a, a very high level. I mean, what, he's 33 now, I think? Just turned. Just turned 33, and yeah. it's crazy. This is 50 year in the league. Like, I, like we've never seen game. anything like this before. You know, for a player of his caliber to still be, you know, going up the ladder, he should be declining right now, you know. Um, it's crazy to see that. And, uh, you know, LeBron is just – I think really people people take, take for granted, you know, what we see right now, you know. He's been making history year by year. Um, he's just a phenomenal player. I mean – you know, there's not really a weakness to his game. You know, he can do anything on the court. Um, you know, I still think he has that upper hand on Kevin Durant. Um, you know, KD, he's obviously still a top five player in the league. But, uh, you know, as, as long as LeBron, as long as LeBron is suiting up, you know, he's he's always going to be number one to me. Now, a lot of people have been saying that KD is obviously the better scorer because no one can guard him. You can try to contain him, but he's still going to shoot efficiently. And a lot of people are saying, you know, since these years have passed by and LeBron James has gotten older, that he somewhat took a back seat um, on the defensive end. And everyone is arguing that KD may be you know, in the running for defensive player of the year, and he could possibly be one of the best two-way players. Um, you know, obviously with Golden State now, uh, their defensive scheme is a little differently. So there's a lot of times when he's playing as the five in critical moments and he's just impacting the games on both ends. So uh, what is your what is your impression on that? You know, I, I definitely think KD is still the, the best scorer in the league, you know. Um, there's not really a weakness in his scoring ability. You know, he can shoot it from, from long range. He has unlimited range. Um, you know, he has a mid-range game. He, you know, he's 6'11", 7 foot, you know, coming off screen, shooting mid-range jumpers. And you can definitely take it to the basket. Um, as far as his defensive capabilities, um, you know, I think he's really showing how, how much of a defender, a great defender he can be. Um, he's, he can obviously play, uh, you know, multiple positions uh, on the offensive end, but defensively, I think he's also very versatile and he can guard bigger defenders, but he can also guard, he has the length to guard, you know, smaller players as well. Um, you know, and I think this is length is what bothers a lot of people. Um, you know, I still think he, he should, he has to work on his on ball defense a little better, but as far as, you know, uh, contesting shots around the paint, you know, just being aggressive and having that grit. I think KD has gotten okay, a lot okay, better okay. since he's been in the Well, league only time will tell. You know, KD got his first ring and is looking like if all else goes according to plan and the Warriors stay intact, he could end up with probably having damn near four to five to six rings. So it's just crazy, man. I, sometimes I still get, you know, caught up in the moment. Uh, you know, yeah, with the fact that he actually left Golden, I mean, left the Warriors to go to Golden State. But now that he did that, I, you know, I, you can't really fault a man for doing what he wants to do and being in control of his own face. So, props to him because, you know, while everyone yeah. says, you know, he's definitely gonna, you know, well, they're definitely gonna go back to the finals. 
even if they go there, it's going to be one hell of a dogfight. You got Houston to worry about who is historically just breaking records on offensively. You got OKC, who's just starting to figure it out, who we're about to get into. Uh, you can never, ever cut out the Spurs. And, you know, this this Minnesota team is, is doing some things out here, too. So it could get real interesting. Um, but moving on from that. OKC, the last time I talked, I think they were like two games under 500. I think they were like, I want to say like 12 and 14. And, you know, they, they're obviously right now they're on a two game losing streak. But before that, they got on a little winning streak. Um, and it seemed like they all came to a consensus that, you know, it seemed like the first, I guess as you can say, it's basically still the first half of the season. But the first half of the season, you saw Westbrook deferring a lot to to Melo and to to Paul George. It seemed like he he heard all the clout from everyone else because a lot, a lot of people these past couple of years saying, "Oh, Westbrook's selfish. You can't play with another superstar. He drove this player out and that player out." OKC, when you know clearly that wasn't the case. Obviously, James Harden left because front office didn't want to pay him luxury tax. All they had to do was pay six million dollars in luxury tax. He would have been fine. And then you have KD, obviously. You know, he just felt like he couldn't get it done there. Um, he just wanted to change. So you can't really fault him for that because they did play together for, what, almost eight, seven to eight years. Um, so I feel like he didn't really want to step on anyone's shoes. But that kind of takes away from OKC's max. Uh, so I feel like they came to that talk and, and, and you saw in, in, in some post-game conferences, Melo was just like, all right, I surrender. Like, Russ, you, you don't have to defer to me anymore. I, I'll, I'll be a spot up shooter. I'll, I'll be where I need to be on the floor and just play off of you. Me and Paul George gonna play off of you because in order for us to succeed, you have to thrive. Um, and I kind of like that because it kind of reminded me of you know when when Shaq came to Miami uh, towards the latter half of his prime. I guess you could say he was sort of still in his prime. Um, basically, Shaq, Shaq, when Shaq got there, he was just like, yo. I'm tired of carrying the load. You young, you a superstar, you on the rise already. All right, so what you can do individually. Now it's time for you to step up and, you know, you know, whenever I'm needed, I'll do what I got to do. So I really respect that from Mellows in and, and, and we've seen uh, what OKC has been doing now. And currently, uh, I believe that they are top. They're the number five seed in the E, I mean, in the West. And it's crazy because last time I was talking, they were damn near like the ninth or 10th seed. So it's great to see that they're making progress. So what are your thoughts on uh, OKC's turnaround? Um, you know, uh, about time, actually. Um, you know, I was a little nervous, a little nervous in the beginning, you know, because, you know, the front office, they set up that team. You know, they did a great job this summer getting Paul George, getting Melo, you know, two, two I think, still still capable of being all-stars Melo, of course. Um, you know, Usually a team that talented like that, you know, they're gonna put the blame on the coach and you know, uh, what's his what's what's their head coach? Oh, coach Billy Donovan again? Uh, Billy Billy Donovan, yeah, Billy Donovan. Um, you know, I was a little nervous for him for a little for a little bit, but you know, I'm there figuring it out. Um, you know, Westbrook is gonna be Westbrook, you know, um, and I figured something like that would happen with Melo and uh, Paul George. You know, they're used to being the guy on their team. But you if you look at some of the, the greatest teams or the great teams playing uh-huh. right now, and in the, even in the past, you know, someone's going to have to sacrifice. 
You know, someone's going to get less touches. Someone's going to get less shots. Someone's going to not have the ball in their hands as much anymore. Um, you know, D-Wade, we talked about that. Uh, you know, D-Wade being, being on the heat, you know, Shaq. Shaq was like, you know, D-Wade, you know, I'm going to give you the keys. Like, this is your team. You know, lead us to a chip. You know, LeBron came came to the Heat. It wasn't D-Wade's team anymore. It was LeBron's mm-hmm. team. Um, you know, Kevin Durant going to the Warriors. Um, you know, and I forgot to say this, too. You know, when I went to go see the Warriors play, um, you know, that I really just appreciated the game and how much, you know, they play so unselfishly. Yeah. You know, they really don't care, like, who's scoring, you know. Um, they just play so unselfish and they play so hard. And it was just really nice to watch that. But, uh, you know, I, I think it's a, a really good thing that that Melo, you know, Melo and Paul George accepted their roles. Mm-hmm. You know, it might have been, you know, a step back for them individually. But I think it was a step forward for them as a, as a unit. For sure, for sure, for sure. Uh, you know, you know, just playing off of what you just said, why do you think it's just so hard for these all-star, high-caliber level players to, you know, why do you think it's so hard for them to play unselfish brand of basketball, especially, you know, when you already been the man on your team for, you know, X amount of years since you set stepped foot on that team? Um, and obviously, you know, you can't win a ring doing it by yourself. Uh, we've seen that with Iverson. Um, we've seen that with another you know, X amount of, you know, players. Um, all these teams I see that win championships, they have X amount of all-stars on their team. But why do you why do you think players find it so hard to adjust? Um, you know, I think the main thing is, you know, just their ego. And I'm not saying it's like a, a bad thing. Like, I think a lot of players what makes them so great is, you know, because they're, they're confident in their, in their ability, you know, that's their ego, you know. Melo's a, a bulldog, you know. You know, he's going to score and, you know, he might talk a little bit to you as well. Um, <laughs> you know, Paul George is just that, that smooth guy. You know, he can score, you know, you know, inside, outside, and he plays a lot of defense as well. Um, you know, they're used to just being the man, you know, and a lot of them want to be the man as well. You know, who wouldn't want to, to be the man? Who wouldn't want to be the leader of their team, you know, and lead their team to a championship? Um, so I think a big a big reason is that it's just, just, just everyone's ego. Um, and, you know, sometimes you just got to tone that ego down. And do for sure, for, for sure, for sure. Um, moving on to the next topic. You know I'm a Spurs fan, so I got to talk about my Spurs. <laughs> Kawhi Leonard returned uh, a little while ago, and, you know, I've, I've been I've been very happy. He's played about five to six games, um, and in those games, he's averaged 15 points a game, four rebounds, two assists, and he's only been playing 20 minutes a game, um, and and he hasn't been playing back-to-back games. Um, but, you know, it was just great for the league because – uh, last year, it, was, you could, you could, it could be argued that he he's the second best player. Um, right now, I want to say he's still the second best player, but obviously it, it, it's it's based off living <laughs> in the moment and seeing what you see on a day-to-day basis, and he hasn't been playing that many games, so he's still getting in rhythm. Um, so right now, I'm going to say he's number three. Uh, actually, he, he, he slid down a little bit. I, I, I'll give LeBron one, KD two. Uh, Harden three, uh, number four probably probably gotta go with Russ. 
Uh, and I'll just leave it at that. Um, but yeah, from what I've seen from Kawhi, uh, you definitely. Giannis? Oh, yeah, Giannis is up there. Yeah, Giannis, Giannis is up there too. But you can argue DeMar DeRozan is up there as well too. He's been he's been going ham too. Um, there's just a lot of talent in the NBA. Um, but so, for some reason, but when I when I when I when I you know, do these rankings that I take into consideration, you know, what you do for your team. If you take if you take them off the team, what would they be? And also like where your record comes in hand as well. Um, but coming just come back to Kawhi, uh, just seeing him. It, 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 I, I, he's one of those players where it don't matter how much time you miss. It seems like you just get into the flow of things. But I have been seeing from a lot of these games, uh, he normally shoots around damn near 50 percent from the field. 40% from the three. Uh, you can see that he's still working his way back because he hasn't played since he got cheap shouted by Zaza's Pachulia's punk tail uh, in the playoffs last year. But he's slowly getting his groove back. Um, you can see he's kind of clashing a little bit with Greg Popovich because like, whenever it looks like he's getting into a groove, Greg Popovich will take him out. And the fact that he can't play back-to-backs is really kind of, I think, messing up the Spurs' whole flow because... You're used to when you when when you have that high caliber player on the court, like it just, he just demands so much attention. Um, so it's just it's just weird seeing him being in and out of lineup, um, a late scratch and whatnot. So you know, with Coach Pop in general, he's very overprotective with his players. Um, and obviously, you know, when you're on the Spurs, you have to sign up for that. You know, it's not all about I, it's, it's, it's us, it's a team, it's we, it's togetherness. Um, and you saw that, you know, when Tim Duncan took a backseat and had to let Tony Parker and Mano Ginobili thrive. Um, but I can't wait until the All-Star, around All-Star break, watch the Spurs start to peak. Um, how do you feel about Kawhi's return? <clears throat> well, um, you know, he's been out for a long time and I you know, I think a lot of people forgot about him, uh, honestly, you know. You know, Kawhi, the impact he made last year, um it, I feel like it would have been a, a, a different series if he kept playing against the Warriors. But you know, obviously Kawhi, I still think he, he's a top five player. Um, you know, he was a I think honestly, you know, last season you know, I think it was between him and uh, him and LeBron, you know, as the, the, the number one player in the league. But you know, cool. yeah, cool. Kawhi Crazy, does right? things so he just does so many things well. Um, you know, we talk about you know his body first. You know, he's long. You know, he's strong. He can can he can move quickly. He's fast. Um, you know, defensively, we know he's just a, a dog on defense. Um, and you talked about being one of the best two-way players. You know, Kawhi is definitely up there. You know, he's definitely up there. Um, he's developed his game so much. Um, the Spurs just do a great job with any players they get and just developing their game. But, you know, I, I, I think it's going to take some take some time, you know, for Kawhi to, to get back in the swing of things and, you know, it's going to take some time for, for us to see that that old Kawhi. Um, you know, I'm I'm pretty pretty excited to see. You know, once All Star break comes around, you know he's you know he's in full action and he's playing back to backs once again. I'm I'm pretty excited to see what the what the Spurs can do in the West. You know, the, the West is really really heavy this year. You know, it's going to be really interesting to see. For sure, for sure, for sure. And it's, what's crazy is. 
I was reading something online the other day, and an ex NBA player who you could say he was kind of Steph Curry before Steph Curry a little bit, Gilbert Arenas, uh, you know, was calling out Kawhi, and I'm just gonna read you a few of uh, these quotes he had to say. Um, <clears throat> 2013-2014, Kawhi got his name as a shutdown defender in the finals. Finals MVP for shutting down LeBron James. LeBron James actually averaged that series 28 points a game, shot 50, 57% from the field, 52% from the three-point line, and was the most efficient player in the playoffs that year. They gave him Kawhi, they gave him Kawhi the finals MVP because LeBron lost. It wasn't because he shut him down. He's considered the best two-way player, but you didn't shut no one down. You have not actually shut anyone down. You're hiding behind a shrink defense that shrinks the floor and you're sticking the best player. You uh, you win the game and you're the guy. You only averaged 21 points and got the finals MVP. You weren't killing anybody. And then he went on to say, he's an average offensive guy. When he matches up against the other stars he's supposed to shut down, they always have great numbers against them. Um, I don't agree with him at all. You know, I have respect for Gilbert Arenas and what he did for, you know, the city at well, not the city for the nation's capital, DC, but I think he was, I think he was a little outlandish. Let's not forget Kawhi averaged twenty six points last year, shot damn near fifty percent from the field, forty percent from the free throw line, and could have been defensive player of the year. And from what I see, when he, you know, I feel like with the NBA, it's the biggest transition I think from high school to college the NBA. There's so much pick and roll action, so. Is is you, you're not gonna always being be, him being the the best defender on his team. He's not always gonna, you know, guard LeBron per se every single possession. One, you have to conserve your energy and you got to play within the flow of the game. And obviously, you have to you know do what the coach tells you. But the fact that there's a lot of these pick and rolls itself, he's always getting switched, so you don't really get to see it. But when I do see him guard these top tier players, he really does make it difficult for them to score um, and. You know, with me, um, a lot a lot of people can say the Spurs are boring or whatnot, but when you really break down Kawhi's game, he really plays like Kobe MJ-esque, and he can score in all type of ways. So I don't know where Gilbert Arena's coming with that. What are your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I, I really don't see where he's coming with that either. Um, you know, Kawhi, I think, I think a lot of people would say, in the NBA, I think a lot of NBA players would say, you know, Kawhi's... You know, he's definitely a player they really don't want. <laughs> they really don't want him to, to, to guard them. Um, you know, uh, Kawhi, he's just a, he's a terror on defense. Um, and, you know, LeBron, a player like LeBron James, you know, great players like that, obviously you're not going to stop them, you know. Um, and defense is a team thing, but you're not just going to stop them completely. What you can do is slow, slow it down and make it difficult for them. And uh, I think that's what Kawhi did. Um, you know, he averaged 28, shot 50%, all, the, all that and whatever. Um, but I don't know what the stats are if you look at, you know, just Kawhi on LeBron. Um, but I think Kawhi, he did a, a good job in that in that series um, defending LeBron, you know, because the next year uh, – Maybe I don't. Was it the next year when the the Cavs played? Cavs played. Uh, no, no, no. Two years later, LeBron. What he had was like a. Third. So in twenty, so twenty twenty ten, Dallas won. 
No, 2011, Dallas won. 2009-2010, Kobe won. 2011, Dallas won. That's when LeBron came short. 12 and 13, LeBron. 12, he beat uh, the Thunder. And then 13, he beat the Spurs because of Jesus Shuttlesworth. And then 14, that's when the Spurs beat him four games to one. Yeah, so he averaged 28 or whatever, you know. But you look at the last couple finals, um, I think LeBron was averaging like that first finals he was with the Cavs with 38 or something like that, the 38 (laughs) triple-double. He was like the first, one of the first to – to average a triple double in the finals. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather have LeBron scoring 28 than 38 and also <laughs> having a triple double, but, you know, that's just me. For sure, for sure. So, Gilbert Arenas, if you ever hear this, you tripping, dog. <laughs> you are tripping, man. Um, moving on from that, Steph Curry returned. Um, and, you know, for those of you guys who don't know, Steph Curry hurt his ankle and he was basically sidelined for about a month. Um, he came back on the 30th of December of 2017, which is a few days ago. And he only played 26 minutes, but scored 38 points. It seemed like he's been, it seemed like he never left a day in, in the whole league. He shot. 10 of 13 from three, which is ridiculous, man. 77% from the field. The man is just crazy. And it's crazy because, you know, while he was out, I, I really started to believe, okay, Houston going to be a threat. You know what I'm saying? They got Chris Paul, Mike D'Antoni's offense. Um, you know, to beat the Warriors, you have to basically outscore them. Um, and the fact that Houston is actually playing defense this year, they're going to do something. And you, you got these other students in the West, but... When Steph Curry gets back into a flow of things, you kind of just have to hit yourself and, well, have to pinch yourself and just realize that the Warriors are such a threat with him back in the mix. How do you feel on Curry's return? Yeah, I, I figured Steph would never miss a beat. Um, I think Steph Curry is the most dangerous player in the NBA. And I say that because, you know, when he's on the floor, even if he's even if he doesn't shoot the ball, you know, he, he really scares the defense and he just makes I, I'm pretty sure, he, you know, coaches coaches just change their whole game plan when he's playing. Um, you know, Steph, he has we've seen he has unlimited range, two time MVP um, the way he's playing right now, you know, is, is unbelievable. Um, you know, I always said if you can shoot the ball. You know, you, you got a spot in the league. You got a chance in the league. Um, and that's what really got him got him going in the NBA. Um, I think <laughs> I think he's the best shooter we've ever seen, you know, off the dribble. <laughs> I've seen it I've seen it in person. Um, <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> I, I've seen I've seen it in person, man. Off the dribble, off the oh, catch yeah, doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, man. Right. Like, if I was a if I was a coach, you know, I wouldn't mind him taking any shot. You know, and I'm pretty sure Steve Kerr just lets him just lets him play out there, you know, free. You know, he can I'm telling you, man, he has defenders shook when he's coming down the floor. You know, he, he can shoot it from anywhere. Yeah, literally. yeah man. And and it's crazy because which goes me goes into my next topic. Uh the Warriors, you know, a few games ago have took that number one seed. Um, I really thought that Houston was gonna maintain this uh, you know, 
this groove because they were number one for from the jump. Um, but you know, uh, if I look it up, I think they went on a five game losing streak before these recent uh two W's they had, but you know, they lost to the Lakers, which was crazy. Then they lost to the Clippers, which was crazy. Like these are some of the worst teams in the West. They lost to the Thunder, which was crazy. I remember James Harden folded against the Celtics. That 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 meltdown was crazy. It just brought me down to memory lane against the Spurs in the playoffs. Then they uh, lost to the Wizards, which was a pretty convincing win. Um, couple of things one obviously chris paul was in and out of the lineup you know he was banged up it seems like he's always banged up um two is it is it the case that houston may have hit their peak too soon like what do you think is going on with that and then also james harden just you know hurt his hamstring i think he had a hamstring strain so he may i think he's going to be reevaluated in two weeks but they said that could take anywhere from two weeks to a month um and that's just going to make a lot of things interesting because I thought they were going to end the regular season with the number one seed, but it's looking like the Warriors are going to take the number one seed. And right now, you know, San Antonio is only about four games behind them. They can make a push when Kawhi starts to click and that whole team starts to click. So it just makes a lot of things interesting. And, and, and it just it, it just it just paints a picture. Are is Houston are the Houston Rockets, you know, going to revert back to the old ways, you know, not play defense? Because uh, on this losing streak, if you look at these stats against the Lakers, they allowed 122 points. Against the Clippers with no Blake Griffin um, and no Gallinari, they allowed 128 points. Uh, against the Thunder, I mean, that's a firepower stuff, allowed 112 points. Against the Wizards, you, you allowed 121 points. So it's just crazy because a lot of people are talking about how you know they were top 10 in defensive defensive efficiency and now it's looking like they're very back to the old ways um do you think it's do you think when chris paul's on the floor he he the fact that he's a defensive minded you know you know high caliber point guard that the fact that when he's on the floor he kind of leads by example so everyone you know would want to play defense more uh do you think that comes into effect do you think like what like what do you think is going on with houston how you and how do you feel about you know chris paul how do you feel about james harden being injured what is that going to do to the rockets just give me your um, thoughts on all that you no know, i think the rockets uh they're also a you know a, a, i think they're a finals contender you know, in the West, of course, um, you got them, you got the Warriors, you got the Spurs, um, you got OKC. Um, I think those are the four top teams. But the thing with Houston is, uh, you know, every great team, you know, that's won a championship, they were great defensively. And, you know, it, you know, obviously they're a really good shooting team. You know, they can put up numbers. But, you know, what happens if you have an off-shooting night? You know, um, I really do like their system, the way Mike D'Antoni just plays fast and lets them play. You know, they get a lot of early shots in the shot clock. But, you know, uh, to win a championship, especially in the NBA now, you've got to play defense. you got to. Um, you know, I think Chris Paul is definitely, you know, taking that role um, as the defensive leader on the team. Um, and I think that's what really helped them out a lot. You know, when they were winning games, you know, they were blowing teams out. But, uh, you know, I, I think their defensive consistency is what really needs to change if they 
you know, want to make some noise in the in the playoffs and possibly get to the finals. Um, you know, it really does suck. You know, James Harden is out with that hamstring injury. I don't know how long he's going to be out for today. Did they say how long? Or? Yeah, yeah, I was saying earlier uh, they're going to reevaluate him in two weeks, but it could be longer because mm-hmm. everyone heals a little differently. Yeah. yeah, that hamstring is, you know, I've had a hamstring injury before, and it's, a, it's pretty much a nagging injury. So I hope he you know, takes the time to, to heal up. You know, the team really, you know, plays through him. Um, offensively, you know, he has the ball in his hands a lot. You know, I think, you know, he's definitely, you know, it's between him, LeBron, uh, maybe Giannis, you know, for that MVP running. Um, you know, James Harden, he's just, you know, putting up the same numbers as he was last year, you know. Uh, I'm not sure what he's averaging. I'm pretty sure he's leading the league in scoring, though, you know. I don't think that'll change, you know, when he comes back, um, his scoring ability. But I think what really needs to change is just their, their attitude defensively. They just got to come to to work every day and just be consistent on the defensive end. Because, you know, when you're not making shots, you know, defense is the one thing you can, can do. And that can really ultimately change the, the the ending of a game. For sure, for sure, for sure. And just to bring up his stats, he's averaging 33 points and nine assists and five rebounds. So when you really put things into perspective he's probably responsible for at least 50 points a night for his teams with his yeah. scoring load and his assist so definitely that presence is going to be felt I think this could help him you know validate why he should be MVP but then again you do have Chris Paul in Mike D'Antoni's system um, so it's going to make things interesting uh, so we're just going to see I'm just not quite convinced yet that Houston is who they think we are until they get to the playoffs and prove me wrong. Right now, they, they kind of remind me of the Toronto Raptors in the sense that, yeah, you're a top two, three, even first seed every year, but when it really matters the most, you shrink. So, And we know that Chris Paul's known to choke in big moments too, so it's just going to be interesting to see what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, you know, moving on from that, uh, story everyone's been waiting for it3 isaiah thomas <coughs> little man wonder uh he came back the other night uh he's been gone for seven months last time we saw him play was i think a little bit of game two of the eastern conference finals uh that was basically his breakout year he he finished top five in mp mvp race he was the third leading scorer averaging damn near 30 points a game uh he had Celtics at the number one seed um you know his sister died that year. Uh, rest in peace to his sister. And and in the offseason, Danny Ainge decided to have a blockbuster trade and give away Isaiah Thomas and Jay Crowder and a first round, you know, Nets pick for Kyrie Irving. Um, so it's just crazy. I can I, I can definitely feel all the emotion and and pain and all the above that he had to go through. You know, obviously uh, you see that too within his documentaries. I don't know if you've been watching that, but it's just a guy has been through so much, you know, this is the most he's ever been without, you know, ball in his hand and all the time. So I know that had to be hard times for him, but, you know, you just got to, you know, keep your mind right. You know, keep keep your just keep your habits right. Do what you got to do to get back on the floor. And luckily he did get back on the floor um, and he played pretty well. They say he was going to be on a minute restriction. There was rumors saying that he was only going to play about eight to 12 minutes but he actually uh i think he ended up playing 19 minutes that game 
scored 17 points. Um, they played Portland. Um, he came off the bench, uh, hit a couple threes. He got knocked down. Normally, you know, that that's the big thing. You know, when someone comes back from injury, the first time they go on the floor, everyone, like, you know, closes their eyes a little bit to be like, yo, is he going to get back up? But he seemed fine. Everything was cool. Um, and he looked very explosive. Uh, he looked basically unguardable at that height. His jump shot looked great. Um, and the thing about it is, you know, being on the Celtics last year, uh, he didn't really have this is the best time I think he had around him. Um, so even with a small sample size seeing him play yesterday, uh, you really saw that he can also make plays, which is great. You know, that takes pressure off LeBron James. And obviously in the second unit, D Wade's running that second unit. But, you know, if you can substitute Isaiah Thomas for Jose Calderon, then I think you're in good hands. Um, and, you know, it's crazy. A lot of people have been saying, you know, Isaiah, you know, you've been through this and this and that, but I, apparently, you know, not apparently, it's it's evident that, you know, his time in the league, he has, he's been underpaid the whole time and he really wants his max contract, but uh, it's just hard for me to see him getting a max contract because LeBron is so ball dominant and everyone plays through LeBron that you know you're going to have to sacrifice this piggybacking off what you said earlier when DUA had a sacrifice so um, it's just interesting but then again I don't know because if he can one game come back play 19 minutes and score 17 points imagine what he does playing 30 minutes you know I feel like he just has that target on his back this year so he's definitely going to prove that they say it's wrong so it's definitely going to make things interesting uh, how do you feel about IT's yeah, return man, you mentioned uh, his documentary uh, Book of Isaiah and I, I keep up with it you know I watch every single one um, you know I man he's turning into one of my fl- favorite players in the league and I'm not just saying that like from just, you know, a basketball perspective, just him as a person. Um, you know, he's just a, a great guy. Um, you know, he has he plays with a lot of passion. Um, you know, he loves his family. You know, he's just a real real a real dude, real genuine genuine guy. Um, but you know, I love to see him back on the court. Um, you know, I feel like you know, I mentioned Steph being one of the, the he's probably the, the dang, most dangerous players in the league. I think IT is the second best or second most dangerous, you know. Um, he's going to cause a lot of mismatch problems in the league. And, you know, I think it, it's really just going to open up the floor more, you know, and, and, you know, take a lot of pressure off LeBron because he's the one constantly making plays out there. You know, with IT on the court, you know, he can make plays too, you know. Players are just going to be so focused on him. You know, on his scoring ability, you know, it's going to open up the floor and just create opportunities for, for everyone else on the team. Um, but, you know, I really think, you know, with IT back on that team and, you know, starting him instead of Jose Calderon and then having LeBron still doing his thing right now, man, I think that team is, is going to be dangerous, especially when they once they start to click. Um, it's definitely going to be, you know, if – if they play up to their potential, how they're supposed to play, I think there's no question they come out the East. Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, definitely makes things interesting. And what's crazy is they're not even fully healthy yet. They still have Amon Shumper, who's you know coming back from injury, and obviously Derek Rose, uh, who before he hurt his ankle, 
he looked damn good in that small sample size. You know, he he definitely wants to get paid too. It just sucks because D Rose is one of my favorite players, and now it's evident that he's going to come off the bench. So that's going to be interesting to see a former MVP who's only 28 years old. Uh, you know, obviously been through a lot of injuries. You know, come off the bench, but I feel like. In the East, no one no one can see them. I mean, a lot of people are saying possibly the Celtics, but I just feel like the Celtics still are a year or two away from finally eclipsing LeBron. You have to wait till LeBron go into decline. And it's looking like <laughs> the way LeBron played and the amount of money he spent on his body, he's not going to decline in the, in the next couple of years. I mean, obviously, may he may go to the West, but, which could open up some things, but... I think the Celtics obviously pose the biggest threat to him, but like you said, on paper, Cavs look good. They have the most depth, literally one through ten. Let's listen name them. You got Isaiah at your backup point. Let's let's do the star five the bench. You got Isaiah at the one, J.R. Smith at the two, LeBron at the three, J.J. Crowder at the four, Kevin Love at the five, and off the bench, you have Derrick Rose, you have Jeff Green, you have D-Way, you have Kyle Corver, you have Shannon Fry. Like, the list goes on. Uh, Tristan Thompson, I didn't even name Tristan Thompson. Though. So, like, LeBron has no excuses to not contend with the Warriors, to not, you know, basically skunk uh, sweep actually the Celtics like th- there should be no excuse whatsoever uh, do you think they have enough talent to beat the Warriors uh, my concern is that although they are you know you know although they are you know although they do have great depth um, I just feel like with the players I named D-Wade D-Wade's a little old obviously he still can do what he can do but he digressed defensively Kyle Korver, you know, based on that five-game sample size in the playoffs, he seems like he's not going to be ready for that. Kevin Love, you know, two years back-to-back in the finals, he, for some reason, has a bad matchup against Draymond Green. Tristan Thompson can't really create. Um, D. Rose, we don't know if he's going to be healthy or not. Isaiah, you know, although he can't put up points, a lot of people say that his size is a liability. Um Shumpert can't create for his own. Jay Crowder can't create for his own. Although they did bring in Jay Crowder to defend or try to help contain, uh, you know, switching off between KD and Draymond. So I see they can definitely put up points, but I'm just worried about how they're going to be defensively. Um, you know, if if it's the you know fourth time around playing the playing the Warriors. So how do you feel about all that? Um, you know, I I think everyone you know has it pretty much set in stone that the Cavs will come out the East and it'll probably be the Cavs and Warriors for the third year, fourth year in a row, I think. Fourth, fourth year, year goddamn. Yeah, it's crazy. But, uh, you know, I think what a lot of people, you know, they don't understand is that, you know, these are professionals. They've been playing basketball for a long time, um, you know, a lot of people didn't think D-Wade, LeBron, and Chris Bosh could play together. People didn't think the, the, that KD could play with uh, Steph. A lot of people just refused to believe that Chris Paul and James Harden couldn't play together. Um, you know, I think they will figure it out. You know, as time goes on, you know, it's still, you know, we still haven't reached the all-star break yet. Um, you know, defensively, 
Um, I think that's one thing they really do have to, to, to focus on. If they do have the advantage against the Warriors, it's going to have to be defensively. Um, you know, the Warriors, they can put up numbers, as we, we all know. Um, and I think a lot, a lot of what defense is is just, you know, effort and just intensity. And you just got to have heart to play defense. And I think the whole city of Cleveland, once the, once the playoff, playoffs come around, you know, they're going to have the fans, just the whole city behind Cleveland. And I think that's what, what you know, drives Cleveland as a team, um, especially with LeBron, you know, him being from there. Um, and I think that's what really won them that uh, finals when they came came back down 3-1. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you, you could argue that too, but, you know, that, that city, you know, you know, Come come playoff time, it's just it's kind of magical to watch. You know, they made history that that year, but uh, you know, I think they really just you know defense just comes down to heart and just you know I'm I'm not gonna let you score. Um, you know, they just got to figure it out as as time goes on. You're right. You know, I mean, you know, I'm just giving my you know two cents, but like you said, it's. We don't know what they're going to look like there. They're not 100% yet, you know. Um, and Chris Carter on First Things First today he argued that once everyone gets healthy and IT is fully back to normal, uh, he said once All-Star break is over, uh, the Cavs are going to have the best record in the NBA you know, moving forward. And, you know, that that that's interesting. Um but damn, that that if they play each other, I mean, obviously I'm I'm kind of getting bored of seeing the same thing. You know, even if we see the same thing, can we at least get six, seven games in each of the conference finals that at least at least let us see these two top tier teams, you know, work to get to the finals at least. You know what I'm saying? Then I'll be like, okay, that's cool. But I wouldn't mind seeing another, you know, Warriors Cavs matchup. Uh, I think it would definitely be a little different. Um, I think it's probably going to go six, seven games, but you got a lot of players on the Cavs who have just a lot to prove. You know, Jay Crowder being traded, Isaiah uh, being traded, going through injury, D Rose, everyone count him out. Um, you know, Father Prime, D Wade, uh, LeBron, everyone, you know, always scrutinizing him every single year. So it's just going to be interesting to see uh, how that goes about, man. Um, you know, before we end things, uh, if the NBA season ended today, who would be your you know, finals? I mean, who would be your regular season MVP? If the NBA Why? ended today, man, that's tough. Uh, you know, I think I'd, I'd have to say LeBron James. <laughs> as much as I don't want to say it, you know, he's won so many MVPs. Uh, I think LeBron is still playing at an MVP level. Um, you know, he's supposed to be declining right now. And, you know, he's still having a great year. And uh, he's figured it out. You know, they, the Cavs struggled at the, the beginning of the year. But, you know, LeBron just, you know, he just does so much for the Cavs. You know, offensively, defensively, he's just a great leader. Um, you know, the team just really relies on him so much. You know, I, I'm not, I mean, the Cavs, they would still be a playoff team. But then, you know, if you take LeBron out of the picture, then you could start to say, you know, I don't know, man, the Celtics, they might have a chance to go to the finals, but 
you know, with LeBron being there, there's there's no way that I could say they, they won't make it to the finals. Um, LeBron just, you know, he's averaging, what, 28, 9 and 9 or something like that. Yeah, man, like, he just, he's, he's supposed to be declining right now, and it's just scary to watch right now, you know. We've just never seen mm-hmm. anything like it, and I think people are taking it for granted. But, you know, if, I had to, if we had to end the season right now, I'd definitely say it's LeBron James. And if the season ended today, who do you have coming out the West yeah. and who do you have coming out the East and who do you have winning the championship? If it ended today, um, you know, I would have – I pretty much have the Cavs Warriors. Um, and, man, winning the chip, ooh, I think the Warriors – I think the Warriors have the upper hand. And I might be a little biased just because I saw them play in person. But, you know, I just think – what the Warriors have done uh, last year and then this year, what they continue to do. Um, you know, Steve Curry, their system, they, they just have a great system and they've all played so unselfish. And I think they'll just do whatever it takes to win a championship. They don't care who gets the glory at all. And, uh, you know, the Warriors, I really think they just developed a, a dynasty. <laughs> you know, I've been telling people that, you know, after watching the finals last year, um, you know, I really think the Warriors just developed a dynasty. And I, I pray that they keep the team together for a while. You know? And if they do, you know, I think we're going to see multiple championships. Yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure, for sure. But all right, Purvis, it was great having you on episode 24 of the season show. Always love, you know. I know we don't talk as much as we used to, but it's, it's, it's that type of love where if we don't even talk to each other for a year, damn near, or damn near a decade, as soon as we interact, it's like, nothing no time has passed by so it was always good you know uh talking to you chatting it up you know good luck to you know your basketball team hopefully you guys can get some you know more w's in i'm definitely gonna watch uh you know some of your shows this year i mean you got any last um, words you know i enjoy being on the show um you know it, it it is a good feeling you know just you know i know we don't talk as much but, you know, it feels like we, you know, we never missed a beat. But, uh, yeah, man, just keep doing your thing. Um, you know, I, I wish you nothing but the best. Um, yeah, man, hopefully we see each other pretty soon. <laughs> for sure, for sure, for sure, man. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for, you know, tuning in to episode 24 of the CESA show. Great episode. Um, and, you know, a couple closing remarks. Uh, happy New Year to everyone. I uh, hope you guys have made your resolutions. Actually, scratch that off. No resolutions. Let's just make goals and accomplishments. Let's continue to aspire to inspire before we expire. That's 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 one of the things. And I have a motive this year. Uh about that action you know let's talk and let's be about that action but you know like i said thanks for following me uh thanks for the fans that keep you know listening um and it was you know always a pleasure being on this show you know just venting out my mind uh and my thoughts about the whole basketball you know world so it was great so you know what i'm saying follow me on all forms of social media at search seasons that's s-i-r-s-e-e-z-u-s and obviously you know Go on iTunes podcast, you know, click that subscribe button, you know, leave a stellar comment, rate five stars and also I'm available on SoundCloud at the season show, you know, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs>